For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Evan Drellick, who covers Major League Baseball for The Athletic, about Major League Baseball's decision to remove the All-Star game from Atlanta, Georgia last week. They made the decision early this week that the game will be played in Denver for this year's Summer Classic. And there's been a lot of backlash from politicians, not so much from players, but certainly from some owners against Commissioner Rob Manford and some things he'll have to figure out and smooth over before they begin negotiating the new collective bargaining agreement with the Players Association after this season. All things we can talk about with Evan Drellick, who joins me next. It's Wednesday, April 7th. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the Update Podcast, Evan Drellick. He covers Major League Baseball for The Athletic. Evan, great to have you on, and we're going to get into some hairy circumstances, but this is when you came on last year, too. Anytime there's a problem in baseball, we call Evan, dude. How are you, man? Happy 2021 season. It's my lot in life. You know, so, Some might say <laughs> I should probably choose a different path, something a little happier, a little more joyous. <laughs> I mean, you get into the weeds of this stuff. I remember last year we were talking to you about, really it was about like the contract stuff and, and figuring out what the regulations were going to be for getting baseball started again, and then it looked like it was going to happen and then not going to happen. Now we've got to talk about the All-Star Game situation. Has has this been uh, less stressful? Did you think you were going to get a little more time here at the beginning of the season to sort of get off the ground, or how has this sort of All-Star Game process affected you? Well, it's been different in, in that it's happened very quickly. This wasn't a big, drawn-out thing, and I think that's been intentional on the behalf of Major League Baseball and, and Rob Manfred, that they did not want this to drag out, and that's part of the reason they decided to move the game as quickly as they did. I mean, even inside the industry, stakeholders who the league was in contact with didn't think MLB was going to make this decision as fast as it did, and I think that Manfred had incentive to make it quickly. I think so, too, and partly because, you know, normally they pick these all-star game sites and teams get like two to three years to kind of figure out how to get this thing going. They work with their local and their state officials sometimes to to get this thing rolled out and really sort of put the city on display for the rest of America and the rest of baseball to see. The Colorado Rockies are going to have like two months, two and a half, three months to get this thing figured out. I thought that, you know, Kansas City would have been a great opportunity to, to host the all-star game. Milwaukee was thrown out there as a way to still honor Hank Aaron, maybe after taking it from Atlanta. What do you think about the decision to choose Colorado and can you tell me why Coors Field was decided as the spot you know the day they made this announcement so Friday my first instinct was well they're going to want to bring it to a stadium where the team is good and, and the franchise is one you really want to show off the Rockies are maybe not the exact opposite of that but they're close this offseason everything that's gone on in recent history with that ownership, it, it's not been great. And the owner of the team, Dick Monford, is somebody who who maintains something of a presence behind the scenes in MLB. He's on both the Labor Committee and Commissioner Manfred's executive council. So he's kind of a heavyweight owner. But the way it was explained to me, and frankly, I accept this and, and believe it to be the case, the Rockies got it because they were able to make a transition quickly. You know, They were one of the teams that were in line in near term to get an all-star game at some point and that's what you needed you needed a team that could quickly adapt because like you pointed out usually they have a lot of time to prepare for this and get all the ducks in the row and the staffing and everything that goes into kind of a week-long series of events it's not just the game it's the derby it's the draft it's the hotels yada 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 so the Rockies were probably able to do that more quickly than others and I'm sure there were other factors involved that you, you could reasonably speculate on 
Well, you and Ken Rosenthal had a great piece you put out earlier this week, just sort of about the backlash that Rob Banford is facing. And, you know, I don't envy the position he's in. I think a lot of baseball fans, regardless of your political beliefs, have had problems with Rob Manfred kind of since he took over as the commissioner of baseball. I think a lot of people question whether or not he liked the game of baseball when he took it over, just based on some of the changes that have been made. Can you sort of walk us through some of the backlash he's he's seen? I know you pointed out the, the owner of the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, spoke out against it, which was sort of rare to hear an owner come out against the commissioner. What's been the fallout across the league as far as owners are concerned? I think MLB was starting from a a premise of we are going to get torn apart no matter what we do here. If we stay in Georgia, you have the possibility of protests, of months of players being badgered about this, a lot of negative attention. And importantly, you have the possibility that sponsors get fed up with it and eventually bail on the game. If you move it, You deal with what you've seen recently, which is Ted Cruz threatening to repeal MLB's antitrust exemption. Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, saying we're not going to seek out to host any other MLB special events. Although when we say we, the state of Texas might not seek it out. Usually it's a team seeking it out anyway. It's not like Abbott came out and said, we're definitively going to stand in the way (laughs) uh, of of hosting an all-star game in the future. Although he, he could try to be seen how strong that statement actually is. But one way or another, you were going to deal with with backlash. And I think MLB made the conscious choice that it would be better to deal with angry Republicans up front now rather than leave it in Georgia and deal with angry Democrats, at least a a segment of your own playing population that's going to feel betrayed. Black players in particular might feel that MLB would have ignored their concerns after MLB in the past has at least paid lip service to caring about the black community. So the reactions inside MLB have thus far, as it's explained to me, been expected. I don't think they would also parade out whether they think the reaction is stronger than than they might have envisioned. You've had a statement from Donald Trump. I mean, you, you kind of name the uh, major Republican figure. They're on this bandwagon. The question is how quickly it'll quiet down. But they knew they were going to get it either way. You move the game, a little bit less risk of a game getting canceled just seemed, in my opinion, a little bit less risky from the holding the game standpoint. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. I sort of laughed the other night when I saw, you know, Texas played their first home game uh, in front of fans in their brand new ballpark after it opened up sort of, you know, limited wise for postseason and World Series last year. But I was laughing at Abbott saying, you know, we're not going to try to host an all-star game. I'm not throwing out a first pitch, but all 38,000 who are sitting shoulder to shoulder enjoy the ball game. I just thought that was sort of ironic after all the things that were said. Uh, the other part that was kind of funny was Ken Kendrick, the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, said that he thought it would be an ins- quote an insult to his friends at the Atlanta Braves and just sort of poking fun at that. I thought, you know, the Braves didn't feel any shame at all when they said Shelby Miller over for Dansby Swanson a few years back that they weren't concerned about insulting the Diamondbacks then. Does any of this play into what happens next summer? Is it it politicking by, excuse me, I should say next winter. Is it politicking by Rob Manfred here? Is he jockeying for position? Was this simply about sponsorships? I know he works for the owners. And so when owners are speaking back or speaking out against his wishes, that can be sort of a problem. How does this impact the collective bargaining with the Players Association or the Players Union and, and Tony Clark, who had spoken about this briefly before they made the decision? I think you can pick up on threads of it where if Manfred doesn't move the game, then you've probably created a situation where you have more distrust, at least among some players, again, black players and and, and players who are, who are concerned with issues of diversity and, and inclusion. 
So you could see it playing out that way. I don't think Rob and MLB sat there and, and said this is definitively a an issue that would would be a precursor to bargaining. But anything's going to come up in bargaining that you imagine. It's all a PR effort. It all ties together. So the the, the moves and the images that Manfred makes and builds for himself now, they'll come back. And if Manfred has put himself in a positive light, at least in the eyes of some, and certainly not in all, that might help him. It might give him a little reservoir of credibility to dip into if he's trying to establish some credibility in, in the midst of a, a major economic negotiation. And you know, one of the things you, you didn't see is the Players Association make it a firm statement either way, even once the decision was made. They didn't sign off on the move. They didn't have to. This was something that was in Manfred's power to do. Why didn't the union do it? One, they were still gathering information. Two, they represent the entirety of the group of players. And there's a lot of players in that group that probably would have said, no way you move this game from Georgia. In the same way that Manfred has to be concerned with unity amongst his owners, the union has to be concerned with unity amongst its players. And I think probably the last thing the Players Association would have wanted to do in a bargaining year is put a foot forward that would divide its own membership and divide the membership against its leadership. And so the league and the union, in, in a weird way, were in similar spots here. They're both dealing with these tug of war of forces that leaves them both in bad spots. I think it's important to note, and this is, I, I saw a lot of people last weekend after this decision was made, I guess it happened on like Friday morning or Friday afternoon, I think was when the, the report came out that they were going to move it out of Georgia. A lot of people assume this was the players, that the players have said, we won't play and we're going to take a stance and boycott the All-Star game or the Home Run Derby. None of that was done. This was simply a decision made at the top. Now, was it made, you're talking about, obviously, it's, it's PR was there pressure from outside forces? Was there pressure from advertisers or sponsors who were going to be a part of this that said, we don't like this if this is going to be held in, in Georgia? Yeah, Ken Kendrick on the radio put this pretty well, and it lines up with everything I understand. It's not that you, you had players at this point definitively saying, we are absolutely going to boycott. And it's not that you had sponsors at this point saying, we are absolutely removing our sponsorship and, our, and we're not going to pay you for this all-star game. I didn't get any wind of that happening directly. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. What was going on was a very clear undercurrent of all these things. And you could even kind of read the tea leaves when Tony Clark, the head of the Players Union, says we're open to a discussion that clearly some people had their eye on. We're not going to be comfortable with this. And if we have to, I'm, you know, even within that group of players, you're going to have a, a different opinions. Curtis Granderson, who's the head of the Players Alliance, which is that group that advocates for black players in the black community, he was on MLB Network and he was talking about how even amongst the players in the Players Alliance that spoke with Rob Manfred, there are many different opinions, right? You, you can see players who would say, keep the game in Georgia because we don't want to stop supporting the Atlanta community, whatever argument you want to make. It, it runs an entire gamut there. It was a wide spread of opinions, but at the end of the day, you did have this sense of, well, what is a quote unquote worst case scenario for the sport, for the game? And that is sponsors and players both pull out. And I think Manfred and MLB very clearly saw that. They've got to be looking out for the worst case scenario. This is the uh, the not so fun part of baseball that is the business part of this that we have to talk about. And I'm so glad you're entrenched in this and, and can give us some insight. I want to get a take from you uh, on some other stuff in baseball, just sort of briefly on the way out here. We heard about the deadening of the baseball, and I don't want to get into to physics and stuff with you. I know we've got other guys here at The Athletic that can do all of that. But have you noticed it yourself just watching games? And, and are you anticipating hearing from players at some point about the impact on this, that some guys hit a ball? They think, boy, two years ago that was gone this year. 
It's dying on the warning track. Just some of the changes to the game that we're seeing now over a 162-game season. Any thoughts on that stuff, Evan? I'll be honest. This early into the season, I have not noticed myself. I haven't sat there and made and, and said to myself, let me see if I can pick up any difference in the ball traveling. If what they say is true, the impact is, is relatively small, a matter of a few feet on a home run, then you probably wouldn't be able to pick up on it anyway. The players and the pitchers who always seem to be very in tune with this. I think over time, you will hear opinions about it. And time is kind of the operative element here because you need sample size and all these things that the smart mathematicians understand better than I do. But one way or another, it's probably too early to tell. But the thing I have been watching for is, are you swinging the bat? Are you putting the ball in play? Are we doing this walk strikeout home run dance that makes me want to turn off my TV? We're kind of relying on the players themselves to take that approach because there's nothing in the game at this point that's really compelling them to do it. And we'll see if there, there eventually are rule changes that incentivize more action. The Orioles, I think they swept the Red Sox their opening weekend, 18 runs in a three-game series, no home runs. So maybe uh, maybe you'll turn on and, and watch some more O's baseball. I don't know how exciting that's going to be this year, but the other part of the dead ball thing is uh, they're talking, you know, the ball may not travel as far, but I saw Tatis hit a ball like 460, and I saw Stanton hit a grand slam 471. I was like, yeah, these things are probably probably not all that different than we've seen them in the past, right? The thing about the, the construction of the ball is there's this range of measurements that it can be within. And so one of the things they've done is is tighten up that range. It can't be as varied as it used to be. But even still, like every ball is not going to be the same and is not supposed to be the same and probably could not be made the same unless they created a machine to do it, which this was actually one of the more interesting things when I was more heavily entrenched in, in reporting on this. I just haven't done a story on it in a while. But to create a game ball by machine, apparently – they don't have the technology to do it in a way that they would like. It's just not something that they've invented at this point. If I'm remembering that right. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is interesting. You would think that they could do that easily, but I, I guess not. We put a man on the moon. We got a vaccine for COVID uh, in one year, but we can't figure out a, a machine to, to make a baseball precisely, at least not as of 2021. It's the stitching. They can't They can't do the stitching, apparently. I, I, you know, yeah, we're going to Mars, but we can't yeah. do the stitching. <laughs> exactly, dude. Hey, Evan, thanks so much for coming by again, man. Great conversation as always. We'll keep following you. We'll keep reading you, and we'll catch up with you sometime later this summer, man. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Great stuff from Evan, and uh, yeah, he used to be a beat writer. We were talking with him before the podcast about how he used to be out here in the American League West covering the Astros, and now he's back in New York doing the serious stuff, covering all the legal dramas and, and problems that are going on up at the top of Major League Baseball, but still stuff that we've got to cover. Thank you to Evan. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We've got a lot of great stuff around the corner. The A's off to a tough start. The Giants open at home on Friday, and we'll get you all ready for that on Friday morning. So stick with us. Enjoy the rest of the week. We'll talk to you Friday.